You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and I have a very special interview subject for you on this particular instalment. It's Miss Lucy V. She was in Thunderstick. She recorded the album from 2017. One of my favourite albums from that year, by the way. The stellar Something Wicked This Way Comes. And now she appears on a brand new outfit. Their name is the Kentish Spires. They've got a superb offering just released. She was kind enough to send me a CD in the mail. The Last Harvest is the name of that. So we talk all about her work with the Kentish Spires, also her time in Thunderstick, and a lot of other things, actually. She's a wonderful interview subject and an extraordinary vocalist, so really hope you enjoy this conversation. Here we go. How's things? Yeah, good, thank you. Yes. Hi, nice to speak with you. Uh, no, all good here. I, um, I, I work from home, so I've got an office that's set up for, for video conferencing and teleconferencing uh-huh. and stuff. So uh, it's, it's it's dead easy for me. Um, I'm just looking at the charge on my headset, though. It's only got one bar there, but it should be all right for about half an hour, I reckon. <laughs> okay, sweet. No worries. What do you do? What do you do for your day job that keeps you at home? What do I do? I am the voice of BMW roadside assistants. Um, that's cool. So, yeah, yeah. Um, awesome. I, I'm actually just just about to leave. I'm changing jobs. But uh, no, for the last 18 months, if you break down in a BMW and you press the SOS button, chances yeah. are you get my voice on the end of the phone. Um, so it, it's breakdown assistance. So I, I coordinate technicians and, and recovery trucks and hire cars and all that mm. kind of stuff and rescue people. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like an awesome job, actually. I mean, you can work yeah, from home. It's, it's the trend these days because I do work from home too. I used to work for a telecommunications company that's similar to BT. Our version of BT uh-huh, is called right, Telstra. Yeah, yeah. The stress of the job, to be honest with you, was killing me. And I've got a family and two kids. So I just decided that I'd had enough and it was time to forge a new path. And that's led me to going back to university to get a degree. Uh, ah, in, in what are you studying? Creative writing with a bent toward journalism. So it's not a strictly a journalism yeah. degree. But look, I wanted to go as broad as I possibly could because really I like doing all of it from video work to podcasting to writing to hopefully one day I want to write a novel. I've I've been in the workforce for 20 odd years or so. I'm 40. So I, I thought enough's enough and I'm going to be probably yes. earning a fraction of what I used to earn, but it's at least I'm going to be doing something that doesn't feel like working. That, I think, is the secret, to be honest, Andrew. It's about, for me, it's not about money. It's about that work-life balance. It's about being happy. And the problem is when you're a creative or a musical kind of person, Mm. finding a way to make money and fit in with the rest of society and the system that's that's tricky oh, so, so i i tend to yeah i, I tend to work, end up working some sort of office job and then doing music in my spare time but i started working for bmw because it was working from home i thought all oh, this will fit around my music commitments really well and it, it mm. has been doing but recently it's turned into all evenings and weekends and it's got really tricky so I, i'm leaving this and i'm actually going back to a, a monday to friday nine to five in an office oh, right. Right, okay. uh, so that yeah. I so that I can free up my evenings and my weekends again. So for the music, so it's gone mm. the other way now. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's a tough one finding the balance. But I definitely say yeah, less money, more happiness, more time. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting though. You sound like me in that you're professionally inclined as well. And let's face it, a lot of musicians aren't like that. They're sort of all or nothing I, into the music. But for people yeah. like you and I that do sort of, we live in both camps in that. You sound like yeah. you're, you're a confident person, you're articulate, so you can survive in a corporate environment, but at the same time, you're clearly an extraordinarily gifted musician. 
And oh, thank you. I'm not when nifted near as gifted as you are, so I sort of struggle along and doing what I'm doing. But, <laughs> but I, uh, I straddle the both worlds too, but I sometimes sort of think, am I a musician masquerading in the corporate world? Or I used to think that, or am I, you know, some guy who should just be devote my whole life to corporate life and just play music when I can. But the truth is I'm, I'm both. Well, that's like what you. they said in school. They said to me, you're so academic. No, 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 you you, you can't study music. That's, that's just throwing your life away. I thought, oh, cheers, guys. You know, um, <laughs> I, 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 I studied them anyway. I went off and did performing arts at college and came out with a performing arts qualification and thought, hmm, what shall I do now then? And then went and worked in an office. <laughs> So, I mean, I, yeah, I've been in business development. I've been a PA. So, yeah, I, I, corporate world is 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 what I know for sure. Mm. Uh, but then you kind of you, you try and get away from that in your spare time and, and rock out a bit. What inspired you to develop this extraordinarily accomplished vocal of yours, though? Because I have never, I've honestly, I've been a lifelong music fan, but I've never quite heard anything like it. It's very powerful, and it mm-hmm. your voice sounds equally at home belting out something rather heavy like some of the Thunderstick material or even heavier. Sure. I actually had this vision of you fronting some Metallica numbers and I think you'd oh, do a James yeah. Hetfield really well. But then oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually I could see you and I was just wishing you were over here so as I could think, bloody hell, let's try and do something. Because, you know, I, I, I'm a musician, as I've mentioned, played bass, played right. guitar, and it's very hard to find a good vocalist who really knows how to do it, really knows how to stand in front of an audience Belt and stare, stare them down and say, I'm here to entertain you this evening, kind of like what Pink does. And not yes. a massive fan of Pink, yeah. but you know what I'm saying. You know, it's. No, I know exactly what you mean. People look at me, they, they, I'm five foot one, I'm, 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 I'm a woman, and. They say, oh, you know, st- stand about six inches away from the microphone, love, would you? I think we need to um, to, mm. to make sure we pick up your voice. And I'm like, you've not heard me sing yet, but I'm going to stand about three foot back from your mic, all right? <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. I'm going to break your equipment now. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm, I suppose, I mean, I had I had some vocal lessons from my mum. My mum uh, is a folk singer. And so she's from the old school approach of not using a microphone and just standing up in a bar and belting Mm. it out. So I suppose from an early age, I was taught about diaphragm control, about breath control. Uh, But then I'm I'm, I'm really self-taught after that. So I have, I mean, James Hetfield is a great reference. He's one of the vocalists that I'd say I've tried to imitate over the years. I, I tend to get my inspiration from male vocalists more than female vocalists. So James Hetfield, um, Chad Kruger from Nickelback, the way he belts it out, uh, he's yeah. another one that I'm, okay. I'm a big fan of. Uh, Eddie Vedder, Pearl Jam. Yeah, I can uh, hear that. On that site. Yeah. yeah, so, th- so uh, those are my kind of influences. So I've looked up to people that really get that gravel and that punch behind it and, and sing straight from, from, from your gut and you're belting it out. So that's what I've always tried to, to imitate i've always wanted to have male vocal cords i think <laughs> but then you also get stuff like alanis morissette um and uh, i don't know if the cranberries ever got to australia they oh, were dolores, irish yeah, bands yeah, dolores yeah, yeah, yeah sure so so stuff like that is an influence as well that kind of slightly kind of gentle lilty kind of sobby kind of break in your voice that sort of stuff so these are all the techniques i used to try and go and practice but there's still uh, nobody out there like you because I, I was listening to this beautiful CD that you sent me, and I really got to thank you for this because it's such a well-packed. Oh, I'm glad. Yes, um, 
the whole Danny Chang's yeah. other half, Helen, is responsible for, for sending all our publicity out, and she does a lovely job, doesn't she? Yeah, it's very nice of her to do that. And look, the way yeah. the way that you've, the beautiful photographs, you know, there's a, a picture taken from behind you here looking toward a tree. I'm just describing this for people listening. Sure. Uh, because I know people stream these things or go to Bandcamp and listen to it and don't get the physical copy, but there's a lovely picture of you on the back there with two swords. And then mm-hmm. there's another, when you open up the gatefold, there's uh, a picture of your profile there with sunlight coming down. And then you've got this beautiful sleeve here that you can take out, which has liner notes from all of you in the band. Really nice photos of each of you that really puts a face to the musician, literally. And um, comments about what inspires you all and uh, why you're creating this beautiful music on this CD, which I was really taken with, believe me, because it's what I don't know you well enough, musically speaking, to say you should be doing this, but I just hear you as such an accomplished vocalist, and you've gone from doing the Thunderstick stuff, which is rock and roll, to this mm-hmm. stuff here, which veers from, well, I was trying to, I know it's, I, I don't understand enough again about this scene that's called the Canterbury Prog scene, but definitely get the early Genesis references there. But there's a lot of jazz yep. in there too. I was hearing jazz. There is. There is. There is. Um, so uh, on a couple of things you've mentioned there, I have to say is Paul Hornsby's fault. <laughs> so uh, no, he's he's our, our lead instrumentalist. So he's the guy playing all the flutes, the sax, the recorders. Um, and uh, he's he's a fantastically accomplished musician. He's also a fantastic, fantastically accomplished photographer. The photos you're looking at there, that's his work. Um, so we were lucky enough to have him in the band to help us out with the album artwork as well as being our, our lead musician. And he's uh, he's a session musician, but he also has a background in jazz. He's a musical director okay. for lots of mm-hmm. different jazz ensembles in, in Wales, uh, works out of Macca- Cardiff, uh, Cardiff uh, Millennium Centre. I can't get my words out this morning. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so, so there's a definite jazz influence from him there. Um, the other band members now, uh, forgive me, they're, they're quite a bit older than me, so their musical influences are, are, are quite different from mine. So they... Mm. They do remember early Genesis from the first time around. Yeah. I remember them yeah. from looking through my parents' record collection. Um, <laughs> Likewise. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so the Genesis bits I understood, the Peter Gabriel type stuff, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, yeah. They also cite people like Caravan and uh, Matching Mole camel who were were a sort of early canterbury scene prog bands that they used to listen to when they were growing up uh for me i came into this and i thought well what influences do i know that i can bring to this well pink floyd for sure uh dark side of the moon i love roger water's own work i love so that's one aspect of prog i can kind of tap into for this mm-hmm. um and folk music because I, I grew up obviously with my mum being a folk singer and I, I was performing on the folk circuit myself as a as a, as a fiddle player so I was listening to lots of English yeah. folk yeah. and you get lots of um there was there was a stream of of like uh electric folk bands uh, around in the sort of late 80s early 90s over here uh one was steel ice span that i was a big fan of so that's the kind of stuff that that i've used as my influence for recording this uh but quite nicely i've seen other interviews comment on how my vocals are still very rock so it doesn't matter what i do i never fully get away from that, from that rock sound. yeah i think it's just the power that the fact that you've got such a, it is you got a have you got a three octave range i imagine you would 
pretty big yeah i mean uh, well because I, I, I spend a lot of time trying to sing stuff that guys normally sing because that's what i like to do uh and then i can get up into some higher registers i can't sing as high as a lot of female vocalists but i, I can get pretty high when i want to yeah there's probably mm. about three three and a half octaves there yeah and and what inspired yeah. the the shift from thunderstick into doing this sort of music okay well um I was I was asked really. I mean, what what I do is I, I call myself a musical tool. I'm a vocalist for hire. You, if you want me to sing it, I'll give it a go. Hmm. So um, I I won the audition to Front Thunderstick and uh, and was brought in to do that. And the, the project didn't go as expected. It was a real shame. Uh, Barry hmm. got uh, Barry Perkis, the, the Thunderstick himself. He he, he got quite ill uh, just after the album was recorded. He had to go in for a knee operation, okay. which being a drum was was a bit of a big deal uh gigs were cancelled um and 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 the whole thing just kind of kind of fell apart a bit um so i ended up uh being paid for my work on the album and calling it a day there uh and he's gone on and, and formed a different band to do a few live gigs yeah i noticed that it was just last couple last couple of days i think i'm on the facebook page and I that's think right yeah posted. yeah and I, i've interv- just done their first gig back yeah and i interviewed vixen who is doing the live work so singing your material and the older stuff yeah yeah mm, mm. um uh, very different style to me I've, I've i've heard of what they're doing and uh, i mean they're, they're all based in the same area so it's going to be much easier for them to, to rehearse to get this back off the ground you know it's a hard, you're a hard act to follow. I said as much to her. No disrespect intended toward Vixen. I'm sure she's very capable, but bloody hell. Uh, the, the vocals that you've put on <laughs> Something Wicked This Way Comes, I, I don't think I'd want to be... I'm, I think you'd need to be up there. God, I'm paying you some big compliments here, but, you know, you're talking about Freddie yeah, Mercury you. level of stuff. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, <laughs> I think well, Freddie's... Uh, yeah, I, right? um, I, I admit I, I didn't... I didn't put an easy vocal on that on that album. I, I really did belt it out, you know. So um, good, good good luck to to what she does with it. You know, I'm sure she's going to take do her own take on it, put her own style to it. The stuff I was I was covering, I, I was uh, I was re-recording what Jodie Valentine had done 30 years previous, and so what yeah. I was doing was very different from Jodie's take on it. Vixen will be different again. Um, so yeah, so 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 that ended um, not really on good terms, unfortunately. And mm-hmm. uh, and the studio where we'd recorded it uh, is is the Piggery in in Herefordshire, which is Danny Chang's studio. He was the producer for Thundersticks album, um, oh. and uh, he and the original investor, the the seed investor that backed Thunderstick, uh, Phil Warren put their heads together and said, look, let's, let's do something we want to do. Let's, let's try and salvage something positive from this. You know, we've, we, we really put our, our energy into Thundersticks album. It's not gone as planned. Um, let's, let's, let's do something else and let's see if Lucy V fancies trying something different. Well, Danny Chang, Phil Warren, they're both big fans of, of the Canterbury scene. They both grew up in Kent. Um, and, and so they they looked around and they found um, a, a drummer that, that Danny had worked with prior to this. Uh, Paul Hornsby was another musician that, that Danny's had in for session work for other productions he's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick Loveridge is a keyboard player from the local village who just moved to the area and was looking around for 
saying, you know, anyone up for, for any kind of musical projects. And so it all kind of fitted together from there. So they said, right, well, let, let's do this. Let's use the Piggery Studios and record uh, an album of, of the kind of music that we loved growing up. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's ask Lucy V back in to see if she fancies turning her hand to prog. Uh, and I said, yeah, sure. Completely different from last time, but I'm up for the challenge. Let's let's see what happens. It reminds me of when Dave Mustaine left Metallica and started Megadeth in some ways because, well, look, you know, <laughs> like as an old school metalhead, right? There's sure. this thing for for fans to dis Dave and Megadeth, and he should have stayed in Metallica, but it's like for God's sakes, guys! I mean, this is 35 years after the fact or something. I mean, for God's sakes, we're all well into our 40s now. Let's get over it. Um, <laughs> but the point is, you've got two wonderful bands to listen to, and the, from. It might not have ended well with Thunderstick, but because it ended, we've now got you in the Kentish Spires. And right. we've now got these two fantastic albums. And I can tell you for a fact, I'll be listening to both for years on end because I, I haven't stopped listening right to here. the Thunderstick album. Oh, yeah. that's great. That's great. Yeah, so, and, and it's, yeah. it's principally your vocal. Your, I think your vocal and what Barry did on the drums, I hadn't heard anybody playing drums like what he's doing probably ever it's got this shuffle thing going on, and I thought your vocal matched to it. They were the two. I like to pick out characteristics. Now, there's a bit of a simpler sure. dynamic with Thunderstick. This one here, I've listened to this CD now. My kids call it our morning music, so we put it on in the mornings. Oh, wow. <laughs> actually, because, because I've been doing this now about 12 months or so, people have been sending me CDs from all over the world, and I haven't had a CD player in about 10 years. Um, but I had to buy one. Because I've got all these wonderful CDs, and I'm not not. And yeah. my Apple Mac doesn't even have an optical drive, so I had no choice. Oh, right? Like... No, my 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 uh, computer doesn't anymore either. Because um, yeah. I said, oh gosh, we're releasing this on CD. Is this obviously there, there is a digital download available? You can go onto Bandcamp. You can either buy a yeah. CD copy to be mailed out, or you can buy a digital download. And I thought, being 35 myself, you know, I'm in the digital age. I can't remember the last time I bought a CD. Mm. I thought. Oh, downloads of the way. But um, actually, I found very, very much with, with the prog audience, uh, it's about quality um, they, and they like a physical copy. We've, we've sold a lot more CD copies than we have downloads so far. So there's That's definitely a, weird, a want, yeah. there's a need out there for for a, a, a CD copy for a something physical these days, which is nice because we get to send them the little booklet with it as well then. And it's, it's a whole package that you can look through. And I think I think some people do appreciate that. But I know where you're coming from. I'm, I'm of a generation where I, t- I tend to just put on YouTube or, yeah, or exactly. SoundCloud yeah, or, or Spotify or, or something. Yeah. yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> you just sort of stick it on. But it did one thing it did highlight to me because I actually tested this. So I've got an iPhone X or an iPhone 10 or whatever they're called. And... Oh. I'd been listening to it through the Bandcamp app uh, until, because uh, I did, remember I emailed you and I said, oh, I can't get the download, but I found it on the Bandcamp app. I couldn't see it on the SoundCloud okay. thing, but I found yes. it on the Bandcamp app. So I've been, I'd been listening yep. to that in and around the house and in the car, and I thought, yeah, this sounds great. Then when I got the CD, and I've got really good speakers that I play uh, in our hi-fi system, if you like, and that's a Monster HD Clarity speakers. So they're powered speakers, uh, and yes. I've got a Denon CD player, like something from, like, no, this is nice. what I've had to do. Mm-hmm. It's from 1994. I just bought it for like 80 yep. Australian dollars from a guy down the road. and but, mm-hmm. I, but I put it on, and the difference in sonic clarity for this right. style of music was really important because it just right. it just comes yep. right out of the speakers and bounces around the room. And I think to, you, to add to your comment there about prog fans, liking physical copy, they get what music should sound like and especially this right. music should sound like. Mm-hmm. 
it is it's musicians music isn't it it's mm. uh it, it, it's not quite as accessible, perhaps, as as kind of other forms of rock music, because it does tend to go off on one. You'll get, you know, like we've got one track on there that's 13 minutes long, It, you know, the, the last harvest. Yeah. Um, uh, it kind of just devolves into you've got jazz moments, you've got bits that sound a bit like a sonic car crash. It gets it gets uncomfortable and then kind of unwinds itself and you come out of the mist and you're in this kind of serene, gentle kind of part. It takes mm. you on a journey and it's, yeah, it's, it, it, I would say more musicians music than, than some other forms of rock for sure. Yeah. Audiophile stuff. And it's, look, it's, as a parent, oh God, I'm going to sound like an old man here, but I was listening, taking the kids to school. So just let me paint the picture. So here in Queensland, okay, I drive through the cane fields to take the kids to the school, to school mm-hmm. and, um, they go, oh, we want to listen to new music because I've been having Chemical Brothers on and stuff, stuff that I like. And okay. We, we yeah, put yeah. on, um, on Tovlo and the swearing and crap that goes on through it. And these, my kids are five <laughs> and three. And right. I can hear it. It's like when I had on Iggy Azalea, Mo Bounce and Bounce, Bounce, Bounce on the motherfucking house, it says. And I'm trying to turn it off. And because they go and repeat it at school and say that that's the music I'm listening to. Yeah. It's, not that I'm a, it's not that I'm such a... Uh, uh, like I'm not a, a church going, you know, guy no, who sure. can't handle stuff. But <laughs> I was sure. like, oh my God, all of this stuff the kids, my five year old likes, and they talk about in the schoolyard has all this, this swearing <laughs> through it, and they think this is the stuff that I'm listening to. So I'm really going, come on, because I call I call the Kentish Spies Lucy. You know, I call um, all the bands of the people that I talk to the CDs. So you know, sure. some, some of the other music might be you know Arch, Arch Enemy because I've spoken to Alyssa. White gloves. Yep. That's that's Alyssa. They know Arch Enemy as Alyssa, so they know the Kentish Spires and Thunderstick as Lucy. And right. So I say, can we put on Lucy instead? And they're like, oh yeah, okay, we can put on Lucy. So I'm slowly winning them over. But I mean, my point there would be that there's you're never too young to listen to meaningful music that has lyrics that are appropriate, even. And as I say, I'm not saying that because I don't I like some crude music. Believe me, I do. But Jesus, there's a fine line between taking your kids to school and listening to Tove Lowe saying fuck shit and all these other sort of words and <laughs> your wonderful music with its with its prog sensibilities and uh yeah, sure. and, and especially clarity when when it's a more mature record. <laughs> definitely, definitely. But I'm I'm trying with the kids. I am trying with the kids. But they do like it, I've got to tell you. They do oh, like the, the melody and the fact that your vocal sits over the top of everything and you know, you know, in yeah. clarity how you've got the ref- refrain clarity when you do that, yes. they're walking around the house singing that. So I'm getting through to the Oh, that's great. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yes, uh, Danny, when he's mixing my vocal, he does say that um, it's my diction. I'm, I, you know, I, I, I was taught received pronunciation, you know, yeah. so I've got one of these kind of BBC English accents that I've been taught. Um, and it means that you can mix my voice right down. You can almost lose it in the band. But because... Every T comes out, every D, every S. You can still hear what I'm saying. <laughs> so uh, they they like that. You can kind of you, you can kind of almost, you can you can try to lose my vocal in the mix, but it's difficult oh to because God. the diction is so good. <laughs> You'd have to be a really bad engineer to do that, I'd say. I, I mean, <laughs> your voice is one of those voices where you just get out of its way. You just let it do its thing. And I know I've got a you know I do the mixing. Uh, I don't do it these days, but I've done a lot of live mixing. 
and your vocal would be the one that you build the sound around. You don't get in the way of your voice. You make sure that the bass drum, in a typical scenario, you make sure that the bass drum volume matches the volume of your vocal, for example, and then you just make sure everything sits around it. I mean, so for example, if the the bass was too loud, I imagine it would be really anathema to your voice, for example. Do you find that when you're playing live? Um, You know what? I haven't noticed so much. So long as I've got so long as I can hear myself on stage, which I find is a bit of a luxury, actually being able to hear oh, yourself God, properly, <laughs> then um, yeah. then I'm fine. I mean, though, to be honest, the majority of my live experience is actually in a wedding band singing Come On Delilah to drunk newlyweds up and down the country. So um, sound quality wasn't really something I was listening for so much when last time I was out doing live work. Uh, that'll all change in September, though, when we've got a couple of gigs coming up for, for the Kentish Spires. So, um, yeah, I... I I will be trying to trying to definitely hone in, but no, I tend to I tend to think so long as I can hear my voice, I'm all right. I leave it up to the sound guy to make sure that the people out the front get the correct mix, and I never worry too much about what I can hear on stage. But it's just so funny hearing these compliments about my voice, Andrew, because uh, I've, I've been thinking about this recently. You see, I was bullied the whole way through school for mm. for being the posh kid, the one that yeah. sounded posh. I had elocution lessons, and then I was thrown into a state school. Okay. So. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's only dawned on me recently that um, people seem to love my singing voice. I'm paid in my day job to speak. I'm they, they obviously hire me for what I sound like for BMW. And it's yeah. just made me think, you know, actually, yeah, screw you kids in school. <laughs> my voice isn't that nasty, bad. Though. Can't kids just nasty, though? As someone who's got Horrible. such a wonderful talent like what you've got, I think kids are just chimpanzees overall. Like the yeah. kids, are, we, we send our kids to a Lutheran school, so there's, for, mm-hmm. Jesus, anybody listening, you know, come from good backgrounds, these kids, so we don't see a lot of it, any of it, to be honest. I mean, my daughter's only in f- the first year of school, so we call it prep here in Queensland, not not kindy, mm-hmm. but prep. So I haven't really seen a lot of it, but there's there's just, sorry, this is an aside to what we're, we're talking about, but there's a young lady recently out in rural Queensland who was the face of a Cobra hats, you know, those famous Australian hats, those cowboy hats, I suppose you'd call them. Mm-hmm. She killed herself because she was got, got, got bullied so bad. And I went through a southern boarding school myself where bullying was so rife, you didn't even notice it. Now, you you know how you hear, I've heard that, I've borrowed that saying, I've heard other people say it, but there was such a pecking order of where you sat, you didn't notice that if you, you just knew to stay in your box, you didn't go outside yeah. of it. And I was musically inclined too, but I liked heavy metal. So I, mm-hmm. I was called the Bogan or the Westie because um, I went through a posh school, uh, like a private school, it's a boarding school. Right. Where I probably would have been better off, to be honest with you, going to a regular state school and just finding my own clique in that regard. But because I was like sure. the only guy in the entire school that listened to death metal and heavy metal, um, I, I, I but I didn't care either. It was, it was. I didn't look like it either. I just listened to it because you couldn't look yeah. like it at a school like that. But no. yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, to hear that you had a rough time is. Uh, what do you say? It's it's like they, uh, it's their own kids' own. Um, lack of confidence and uh i'm trying to refine the right words here but a couple of them are escaping me but it's they just it's it's about picking out somebody who's different isn't it i think and um and perhaps that's what people pick up on in my singing voice now is the fact it's distinctive it it is different um but it's different in a good way it's not something we pick on people for when we get out of school (laughs) no it's an extraordinary voice and credit to you for keeping the faith through through what would have been some difficult years and they're tough years i mean i was talking to a, uh, a lady who i did some hypnotherapy with and she made a comment i think that uh you 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 don't so much get through your 
you, you don't go through your teenage years, you survive them. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you survive them. And it's, uh, uh, it's incredible, isn't it, that it doesn't matter where you are in the world, there's all sort of pretty much the same pressures when you're a teenager. For sure, yeah. <laughs> but singing is one of those great releases. It's uh, uh, playing any instrument. It's it's a great way to get out your emotion and, and just feel better about it all. But um, actually, I didn't sing a note throughout my twenties. I I just worked in a corporate environment. I completely gave up on trying to get anything musical off the ground. It was only three years ago when I started re-advertising for some singing work that all this started so uh, credit to, to barry perkis putting an advert out there they would this wouldn't have happened without him so indeed but that's that's god that's extraordinary under itself because i know i used to be in descant choirs as a treble and then went you know, treble alto tenor mm-hmm. get to a bass but i think i stayed as a tenor uh yeah at school and yep. uh dropped it when i left of course because i thought it was stupid that, that's my own, mm-hmm. you know, as, as you tend to do. No, I'll just play an instrument as you and do. learn how to sing. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm so frustrated with myself because I can barely sing and play at the same time. I can just get a few backing vocals out and I can sing when I'm not playing. But yes. trying to get the two going at the same time, bass guitar and Very singing difficult. at the same time. Oh, my God. Yeah. One of the reasons why I kind of put down instruments, I mean, I, I still play violin. Um, I've played violin since I was eight years old uh, and I, I, I got up to, to grade six in mm. classical music. And then I toured uh, the UK playing, playing bluegrass, uh, American kind of old time country bluegrass fiddle for a few years as a teenager but I used to play a bit of guitar you know I'm, I'm a rocker at heart I grew up on Metallica and System of a Down and stuff like that so mm. I, I learned to, to strum a guitar I had a bass used to muck about playing a bit of rock bass um, but I realized that it's impossible I think to put a hundred percent commitment into your vocals when you're playing an instrument it's impossible to give a hundred percent of your time to your to your guitar playing when you're trying to sing over the top so I actually made the conscious decision to put down instruments um, so that I could be a front woman and jump around the stage like a nutcase with a microphone in my hand and leave playing guitar playing bass up to people who are actually genuinely passionate about their craft and Uh really want to do it. So I I went the other way with it, yeah. But it's – sorry, the point I was trying to make earlier was that that to to not sing for a decade or thereabouts and still retain this enormous voice that you've got that has the range that it has – You've got an extraordinary gift there. Please don't ever give it up and just keep doing what you're doing with whoever it is that might pick you up because you've got – I'm not psychic. I'm just putting this out there. You've got an sure. extraordinary career ahead of you. and I hope so. I, yeah, um, I hope so. I'm, I'm really giving it my all this time. At age 35 – uh, time, time I actually pulled my finger out and, and you know tried to be a singer this time around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to work out for you because I just don't, I can't see anybody. Certainly, nobody in the public eye. I have no doubt there are session people out there that might have a similar talent to what you've got. But just keep doing what you're doing, and I just look forward to you being on so many excellent releases, whether it be with this wonderful Kentish Spires outfit or whoever it might be in the future. Just keep going. Thanks. Yeah, um, we are thinking about a second album already. Uh, a couple of the band members are already starting to to write for that. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, I just I I say yes to any project that comes along. So who knows what you're going to hear me singing next? If they think I can maybe give it a shot, I will do. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see you do a really good hard rock project, like heavier than Thunderstick. Like 
like a not a thrash thing. I'm trying to give you the mm-hmm. right right descriptor without going too overboard here. But Dee Snider recently did a heavy metal album with uh, the wonderful Jamie Jaster from Hatebreed, and you probably listened to Jamie Jaster's podcast. Okay. And yep. check that out on Spotify or what have you. I'm pretty sure it's been released. I, I get a lot of these albums because I'm on a um, promotions list and for reviews and interviews and the like, of course. And I've had a listen to it. It's a it's a cracking album. And I was actually thinking your voice would suit a lot of the material that's on that. So right, yeah, yeah, and that's Dee Snyder who's got a hell of a voice as well. So. Have a listen to that album. I think it's called For the Love of Metal or for In the Name of Metal or something. It's a really obvious mm. metal title, like a Man of War style metal title. Um, sure, that's, sure. That's another band whose music, that style, I think you could really do. Not, not, not a power metal thing, but a real gnarly heavy metal style rooted in traditional metal, but not uh-huh. not like a yesterday's music either, if you know what I'm saying. Modern stuff, modern stuff. Yeah, so, sounds quite fresh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, yeah. not a, really a nostalgia act person, to be frank with you, and uh, that's what I liked about the Thunderstick album. It didn't sound like it was trying to be like that. That's why it surprised me so much that it was effectively uh, songs that were written 30-odd years ago or so, bought into mm-hmm. 2017, because uh, it sounded so right. fresh to my ears, but it's probably just because it sounded so different to everything else that was being released around it. And I was sure. Getting, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. A heap of deathcore and metalcore stuff. But sorry, but yeah, sorry, I'll, I'll finish my point. Definitely listen to that D. Snyder album and just let me know what you think over Messenger or whatever. I will. Yeah, I've made a note. I've written it down. I will. I'll have a listen. <laughs> All right. I better let you go. It's been a wonderful conversation. It's great to finally chat to you. I've been, as you yeah, know. Yeah, no problems, Andrew. Thank you. Time. I've been yeah. using your review from my uh, Thunderstick album as, as, as one of my flagship reviews for the past 12 months. So it's really lovely to have a chat with you. Oh, cool. Yeah. And sorry for this. I've got to get onto that and change the spelling of your name. You know, it's autocorrect that does it, and I just don't change it. Oh, I don't notice. You can call me anything so long as it's not rude. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, No, look, thoroughly deserved. That was an album that I think it made second or third on my my list last year, and uh, the Kentish Spies is up there again this year, so it looks like you're getting, you know, you're up there again for a second year running. So thanks for making the music that you're making and for agreeing to the chat. Pleasure. Pleasure, Andrew. Lovely to speak with you. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast, or I should say you have been listening to it. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that was a conversation between myself and the wonderful vocalist who used to be in Thunderstick, now in the Kentish Spires, her name, Lucy V. Thank you so much for listening.